This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ. And we're just two guys who have another choice now, but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're meeting a rich dude and hanging out with a mean lady in a fancy mansion, and there's a dead woman involved. As we watch spine 135, Jesus, in the Criterion Collection, Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca from 1940. But first, mm. RJ, mm. how's uh, Colorado? Before you launch into that, I should say that this week, RJ... We've got mm-hmm. not one, not two, but three pieces of listener feedback. Holy shit. And the last piece of, uh, well, it's not even feedback, just uh, an email from some, some this Ryan Nagler guy here. I don't uh-huh. know. He, he said he was very excited this week to hear uh, the burrito cast. The burrito cast for yeah. the week? Yeah. Do you want to Do you want to read his email first or should I just that, dive into that it? Is, that is literally his email. <laughs> So uh, Ryan Nagel, friend of the show, uh, wants to hear about the burrito cast, hey? Well, I was giving him live updates, and this is something that he has known about for a very long time. Uh, So I I wandered a little bit. Let me get back to the root of things. I went down to Colorado for the weekend. Uh, Andrea and I, we drove down. Uh, You were right. My body was pretty stiff. Pretty real stiff. On it was mostly on Wednesday because I was in class all day, so like my neck was at attention, mm-hmm. like for like the nine to five or whatever. And then right at five, we left for Billings, which is like a seven-hour drive from here. So like by the time we got there, I was like, "Holy fuck, I'm stiff, mm-hmm. real stiff." Uh, so that was horrible. That's the ravages of time, my friend. Yeah, I think it was mostly just because I was like in office chair posture for an entire day and then i drove seven hours after that yeah so uh the other days driving weren't as bad but yeah uh why did i go down so uh i i've mentioned before i used to live in colorado went to csu and it was uh my roommate's uh wedding so we went down we figured it'd be a good time to go because a lot of the friends i had there they don't live there anymore and they would be like visiting for the wedding and uh, andrea has heard about it for yeah, this month actually is the 10 year anniversary to when I went down there. So it was all it was all fitting. It was a good uh, good reason to go. It was 10 years since I lived there and uh, she had never seen it either. So Wednesday was fucking horrendous. That was just horrible. Like if we could have left halfway through the day or something, it would have been fine. But because we we couldn't leave until late in that day, it was just miserable so Lethbridge to great falls is fine but then the other three hours it's like great falls to billings is the hardest part of that drive because it's little towns and lots of like changes of highways and 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 like stuff like that uh so we were driving and like the air was cooling really fast or i don't know how weather works but it was like super fucking foggy everywhere like you couldn't see 10 feet in front of you and like it was the kind of fog where if you turned your brights on it made it worse because it was just, it was just like it would reflect back at you. It was, it was heavy fog, man. Andrea called it ghost fog. I don't know what you know about fog. I'm trying to remember, like, well, or when mist. you when you when you left though, like, have we had those foggy days already in town? Okay, that was the same thing was happening here. That was the day that they they uh, they came in. Yeah, yeah. So we had like lots of uh, crazy fog weather up here as well. So it was like heavy. Yeah, that was the day it started, and from here. And Montana and Wyoming, like that's first a, part of that's Wyoming. A, that's a lot of uh, a lot of territory for that fog yeah. to carry over. 
Yeah, that's like two thirds of that drive. So uh, it was a lot of fog. And honestly, it, it felt like I was in Lost Highway by David Lynch. It was so spooky because I, w- I was real tense because I couldn't see in front of me. And every now and then, because it was nighttime, we would pass and there'd be like a coyote like on the side of the road. And we're like, oh, God, what's he doing? Well, it doesn't and help that Andrea looks like Robert Blake. So She does. And she also has the same uh, um, record. She's killed, what, two out of her three former wives? Yeah. How many people has he killed? Two? <laughs> uh, Wikipedia will be your friend there. Okay. Anyways, it felt like Lost Highway, and it was really like mesmerizing the highway with the fog and stuff. So I was like, I get what you're talking about, Big Dave. Uh, he's from Montana, so he knows. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't he from Missoula or something like that? Uh, I believe so. Eagle yeah, Scout. So, Eagle Scout. Yeah, so Big Dave knows. Uh, yeah, so that day fucking sucked. Uh, but then the next day we blew through Wyoming like a breeze, like a fart in the wind. Uh, Wyoming's easy. We got to Fort Collins. So uh, I showed her the campus. I showed her the downtown. She asked questions as to why I, I ever left. Uh, <laughs> I had answers. Uh, it is a very nice, lovely city. I sent you some pics. It is a, a cool, hip place to live. It's a, it's and it's a college a- town. It, it is definitely a college town. Uh, CSU, I think, has 30,000 students. Uh, it's, like, enormously university-centered. Yeah. Um, but... So is, uh, is it a suburb of, like... Denver? Denver. Uh, the way it works? works is, like... So Fort Collins is the northmost of Colorado. Okay. And then an hour south is Denver. Okay, so and it's not in, a suburb. In bet- <laughs> no, in between the two, though, because uh, Fort Collins and Denver are about an hour away on the, like, the highway. Yeah. And... All, the entire way between the two is suburbs. There, it's like one's called Greeley, one is like Loveland, stuff like that. So th- when you're on the highway, you're just passing like s- suburbs of houses for basically all the people who live in Denver and have like an hour long commute to get there. Just to, yeah, so just to throw this out to people who don't live in southern Alberta, uh, yeah. w- we have this city called Calgary. And mm-hmm. Calgary is really a weird city because it's gigantic in a way that no city is usually that big and how much space it it takes up because mm-hmm. it's just it's just one continuous city whereas like most other cities are made up of like a series of cities if that makes mm-hmm. sense like there's like neighborhoods Calgary kind of has that but it's just all the city of Calgary and it is like an it takes you probably an hour to drive from one side to the other um, yeah which I guess probably. is kind of like Denver, but Denver, but it's like a proper city, like where they have like a yeah. series of communities that, like, I guess it's like if you live in Los Angeles, you just get used to the fact that like there's all these, like there's Los Angeles proper, but then there's like, you know, dozens of cities around it that all would just be for most of us. Would be mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just Los Angeles. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. But, hey, so- signage, beautiful signage and color and design yeah, like actually well, well designed like buildings and stuff like that what a what a novel idea for a college town unlike ours yeah no it's it's an awesome little city like uh, it doesn't feel too busy um and it's really nice there's a lot of like history to it one of the parts of the town or the city is called old town and it's all these old buildings that are like renovated like uh shops and stuff like that so it's really cool uh but so the wedding was good I was spreading that creep's name up down there because mm. uh, talk at the dinner table progressed to uh, people were asking what their favorite podcasts were. Oh. And I was like, I was like, ooh, 
what a nice little opening for me here. I was like, well, my favorite podcast is my own. And then I like twisted my glasses a little bit. Your, your invisible glasses. My invisible. Yeah, I think I did do that, actually. So it got brought up. So if we have any new Colorado listeners, it, uh, not it's not a one. Putting, oh, good. All my hard work paid off. <laughs> Uh, no, the wedding was good though. It was, uh, cool to see the people and, uh, a lot of comments of the Canadianisms that, uh, Andrea and myself were a uh, part of, uh, you don't notice as, as much until you spend a lot of time down there and they draw attention to it. I think where you're like more conscious of it. Cause I don't think I talk Canadian, but oh, then you, when you're around other oh, people, you sure do. Well, that's, remember, yeah, that, that's the one thing that, uh, I find fascinating on YouTube is people, where are you from? Where, is this, are you guys Canadian? And I'm like, oh, and I don't know how much of a Canadian accent I have, but uh, I since I actually edit these episodes and I hear a lot of playback, yeah. I'm like, yeah, RJ definitely has a, a bit of that uh, that mannerism, if you want to well, call it Well, it's like that. I told you last week, that girl in my class was like, you have the thickest Canadian accent I've ever heard. And I was right. like, where are you from? And she's like, I'm from here too. I was like, oh, well, I was like, I don't know how that happened. Mm-hmm. But anyways, like when you're down there, you're definitely more conscious of it. And I noticed. And a- anyways, a- uh, so it's good. Lots of fun. Uh, but here is the the main ticket, man, the burrito cast. Yeah. So one of the main reasons we even went down there and uh, <laughs> not just for the wedding, that was good. But uh, because for 10 full years, Andrea has had to uh, bear this. Like she's bearing this cross of me talking about big city burrito at every opportunity I have to anyone who will listen. Uh, And I always get very similar comments like, oh, I can't be that much different from all the other places or I've had a burrito. I don't care for him that much. And I always say, yeah, I know. That's how I felt, too, until I had those. It is the most unique meal. Uh, I've been to Asia. I've been to South America. I've been all over the States there. I still hold that there's nothing that compares to the big city burrito. So let me lay it down on you like this, Jared. The thing that they do is they put potatoes in the burrito, like uh, the cubed hash browns. And some places do that for breakfast, but there, there, it's like their regular thing. So you get this, they give you your tortilla. I get the jalapeno cheddar. They steam press cheese into it, heats up the tortilla without making it like dry and cracked. Uh, then they slap it down, fill it up with a cup of these potatoes you get some chicken mole, you get some pico de gallo. They have this special sauce, uh, which I was amazed to find that they bottle and sell now. Uh, so I bought, I stocked up on that. Uh, it's a strawberry habanero sauce. Uh-huh. Uh, it is, it is just godly, Jarrett. So when I saw that walking in there, my, I think my whole butt hit the floor. Like my pants just dropped. I will say that the the photo uh, that you sent of you eating your burrito, it's like the happiest I've ever seen you. Yeah, that's actually what a, a few people have said. So uh, I, I put a picture of Big City out on my personal Instagram. I didn't want to swamp the creeps with it, but uh, I could probably put some pictures out there well, later. I, th- I think you should. Yeah, I could put some pictures out there people for la- people later so that they can see what pure, genuine happiness feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it is... I swear, man, it is unlike anything you'll ever eat. It's so fucking good. And we, we went in there, and it's like I said, for Andrea, she's heard about it for so long. So there there couldn't be a person that uh, that this was more overhyped for ever. For literally 10 years, she's been hearing about it. Uh, and I thought she would maybe have it, and she'd be like, yeah, it's okay. But she had it, and she said, you know what? You were right. She said, this is pretty good. 
I was like, yes, I took that as a big win for me. She enjoyed it so much. She even went back with me. We were only in Fort Collins for two days, and we, we went both days that we were there. You double tapped. We double tapped, yep. So uh, we, we went back a couple times, and then like the, the morning we left, we stopped in and got one for the road. Uh, you can't eat it on the road. It is extremely messy if you don't have the proper technique. I do, and I was showing Andrew how to do it. It involves a lot of slurping as you eat. You got to... Like as you take a bite, that's Whoa. not a slurp sound. That, that, that. As you take a bite, you have to kind of like slurp up the sauce Whoa. so it doesn't drip. You get used to it. You get used to it. Uh, and you know what? It like that was the morning I was like super fucking hungover and like really tired. What a surprise! And, and that thing saved my life, Jarrett. It made me feel so good. I drove ten hours that day from wow. all the from Fort Collins all the way to Great Falls. And I felt amazing. I could have did the rest too, but it got, it just got dark, and we're like, let's not deal with this fog business again. It's still so, fog. Uh, I guess I don't know. You're you're, we, dr- we, you're half drunk still, so I guess maybe um, maybe burrito fumes. Burrito fumes, yeah. So uh, those burritos are the real deal. Uh, they have one called the Gut Buster, which is as big as your arm. I'm not kidding. I have pictures to prove that mm-hmm. it is literally the size of an adult male's arm. Uh, and you might be happy to know, Jared, that a single one of these burritos is basically your daily intake of calories. I think it's <sighs> 1,800 uh, calories for one. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. You're the calorie guy. What is an adult male supposed uh, for to be? Like 24? For, I don't know. For like you or I, like we're what? Like we're in our we're that six foot range. Uh, yep. For 420 like, pounds. For, for like your actual full weight, you'd be like looking at mm, 2,300 would be your cap. So it's like it's it's a it's a big chunk of that. That's a. That's almost a whole day. It's two yeah. thirds almost. Yeah. Three quarters. Yeah. So uh, big city. Uh, I'll just lay it out there. If anyone is ever in Colorado, it is worth your time to go over there. I will tell you, text me, send into the show, and I will give you my personal order because there is an ordering strategy. There are signs in there that you that while you're waiting in line, because there's always a big line, Jared. If you Google Earth it, uh, sometimes when you do it, you can see when you go to Street View, there's a line of people out the door at that place. So uh, you got to get your order ready when you get up there because they don't like no bullshit. So you let you let me know if you're ever around there. I'll give you the order. You go in and you change your life. When do we when do we start uh, franchising this? Uh, I have already thought of this, and I don't know if I should mention it on the show. What my amazing idea would be? Um, do you think anyone's listening? No. Okay, so they call it Big City Burrito, and we live in Lethbridge, so I want to call it Bridge City Burrito. Wow. Yeah, you just tinker with the things, and I swear to God, if you open that up in like a little college town like ours, just right near the university or something, it would be fucking billion dollar business in a week. That's how much you would sell. How do you think the uh, ever present feedlot smell would uh, offset the flavor of uh, Bridge City Burrito, though? Well, we're all still here, right? We yeah. all still eat. Yeah. I don't know when you go out and you get your uh, your tofu burger or whatever the th- whatever you eat is that usually impacted by your uh, your feedlot smells? I don't know anymore. Um, Today was actually pretty strong for that. When oh, when I got every, home, I was every, like, "Ooh, it every, stinks!" Every, every fucking day, it, man. So it's harvest season. Um, it's yeah, like, right. and boy, oh boy, folks. Uh, I don't mind telling you the this city. It smells like cow shit. Uh, real bad. Everywhere you go, it's just like it's like oh, there's a piece of shit just around the corner, and, but there isn't. It's just in the air. You're breathing it. You're smelling you know, it. Tasting it. It's in your hair. 
you know what that smell is though, Jared? Money. It's the smell of feed in the world, pal. I know. You don't got food without your farmers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Great. So uh yeah, that was the burrito cast. I, I could go on, but I probably shouldn't. So uh you say we have uh a surplus of listener feedback today. Yeah, I, we do, we do. Uh the only news with me is uh it looks like I am uh, buying a house. So that's fun. <gasps> oh, um, good for you so, and uh R. I. P. Yes, RIP to ever, ever having money ever again, or mm-hmm. uh, freedom, or a life. It's going to be outstanding. Um, yep. Yeah. So one month from now, um, that seems to be the. You are one pathetic loser. Yeah, what yeah. kind of jerk plans to buy and move into a new house during Creeptober? Uh, unlucky, because I called it. I I am pretty sure yeah. like about a month or two ago I'm like I'm just going to wind up happening is I'm going to be having to move and fucking pack in October the greatest yep. month of them all and I'm going to be pissed but RJ mm-hmm. if, if I uh, if I have if I really turn it on and put out the gears I could get Halloween decorations up for the whole three days that I'd be in the house mm-hmm. when so when do you get possession of this house the twenty sixth. Uh, so they probably wouldn't be okay with you putting decorations on the lawn before you moved in. Okay? Uh, yeah, they, they they wanted uh they wanted to get that position date up to the fifteenth, but uh, you you can easily do that, man. I decorated our house in like a day. I went to the mm-hmm. store, I mm-hmm. got a bunch of shit, got some stuff on Amazon, and I I made our house spook city, baby. And uh, I want I actually this will be a good little thing. I want you to keep track. Of, are you going to give out candy, trick or treaters? Uh, we'll see. Well, you should, this will, this will well, be actually the first opportunity to do so. Definitely get some candy just in case, because even if no one comes, you can eat it, which is what I do. But uh, keep track. I think last year I had 58 trick-or-treaters. Holy crap. Well, you yeah. you live in a, a safe, clean neighborhood. I'm, yes. I'm going to be living on the, the south side, and uh, mm-hmm. so it's a little, little edgier here. We had a Best nice side. little, we had a nice like $15,000 drug bust down the street from where we're buying. Well, um, hey, they caught, they got them, well, so they, you got to be but, happy about uh, that. They got them. It's kind of a catch and release program um, where you get arrested, but then you get released to say, you promise to come back, and they go, I will, even though you- I'm a thief. Are you insinuating that there's a revolving door effect in uh, drug users? What I'm saying is, is uh, I think there needs to be a little bit more judge dread in the Canadian justice system. If you if you, uh, ca- if you catch my meaning, I do catch your meaning. I like bit, dread. A little bit more dirty, hairy. <laughs> I like that dread show. That was good. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's well, fun. Uh, it's, it's all it's all good yeah. when you're not a criminal. But uh, hey, that well, listener feedback, yeah. RJ. How about it? Hey, wait. Congratulations, but also that sucks for you. I know. Welcome to a life of misery. So I know. Um, good so, job. Good things. Great, great. So, what, what do you want to hear from? You want to hear from Oliver, or you want to hear from a, a newbie? Do uh do fan uh, friend of the show first uh, okay. to ease our listeners in, and then we'll hit with that that new stuff. Oliver Granger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he wrote in with a October movie recommendation. Oh, shit. Uh, hi there, guys. If I can recommend one movie for you to watch this October, it would be www.imdb.com slash title slash TT39449658. Don't read the description on Letterboxd. Although I don't give it a high rating, it's really fucking wild. It was on Netflix for me, and other reviews mentioned it was on Netflix, so hopefully available in Canada, too. Cheers. Um, 
what what's the movie? Uh, he isn't saying this thing. It's like oh, the silencers. I'll have to go to his page. He well, what does the it. link take you to? Uh, well, it'll take you to IMDb, which I'm waiting for it to load up at this very moment. It's bouncing. You didn't you didn't look ahead at time. Oh, I, I did, but now I'm oh blanking out. I'm blanking out entirely on what the title is. It begins with an S, and I believe the it's the silencer. Yeah, something like that. Something. Something I I saw I saw that he watched it and I said I saw he gave it a big two stars. But he also what, says recently. Yeah, but he said don't read the description on Letterbox. But I think by the time I'd seen that, I hadn't seen the email and I had read the description. So uh, mm. there's there's that. Um, but hey, Mac products, am I right? Google Chrome just bounces up and down. Up hey, you got to get rid of that bullshit Mac and get into a real computer I like know. me. So I can I, it'll help with uh, playing D and D better too. It'll help with everything. All walks uh, of life. The package? Mm, no. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't, uh, oh, he watched Monster Trucks. That's cool. <laughs> Wasn't Monster oh, Trucks. Oh, the Similars? There you go. Is that what it is? That's the one. Yep. Okay. From 2015. Okay, I won't read the description. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and add this to my Creeptober list. Yeah. And uh, if Jarrett can acquire a legal copy of this and give it to me, then I will definitely watch it. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Oliver. Uh, And for our new emailer, this actually is off of uh, YouTube comments. That's a pretty popular Um, area, hey? it's, it's, It's growing. Everything's growing. Business is yeah. looking up, uh, not money wise, but just you know people listening for free. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. if y'all want to change that, that would be great. Patreon. I would um, never uh, force people. Uh, what? What's the uh, review of this new friend? Well, the Mono Kid. Um, mm-hmm. Looks like him and a buddy are listening from Athens, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrote, I couldn't find the Criterion Creeps email, so I'm just uh, ask you here and hope you see it. What are your thoughts on the rumored, much desired Wong Kar Wai box set? What are the chances? Mm-hmm. What movies should be in the box set? What kind of stuff? I know it's a long way before you reached uh, Chunking Express or In the Mood for Love on this channel, but I really wanted to know. Thanks, Canadian bros. Well, Ooh, I w- he figured it out. Well, in a spoke, I think. 10 episodes we will be covering in the mood for love so it's it's actually coming very quick um no i've no i've not heard a lot of talk about this wong car y box set uh i don't know rj how familiar you are with wong car y can i lay it on you like this uh, to, uh I, i'll allow it uh into probably the um disappointment of this new friend of the show mm-hmm. i have no idea what any of the stuff you're talking about is so uh, uh i have I, heard I, about I, that young king young Wong, king Wong, Expre- yeah Wong king express okay. yep what is the movie uh chung chung king express chung king express yeah uh, i've heard of that yeah. uh, i've never seen it it's... I have. Uh, it, it appears as if I have never seen any of Wong Kar Wai's movies. Yeah. So uh, there you go. I'm a, a good person, and yeah. I watch good movies. Yeah. Uh, bad. Yeah. Bad hombre. In the mood for love is yeah only like ten away. Yeah. So we'll get there very, very, very close. Soon. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's your opinion on these movies? I've I have absolutely seen... zero input. So I've seen two. I've seen both the named movies, uh, Chunking Express and In the Mood for Love. Uh, it's been a really long time. In fact, actually, my copy of In the Mood for Love is uh, the Canadian cheapo release of this. One of those mm-hmm. weird, one of those weird kind of things about uh, living in Canada is we have like a different distribution system. Sometimes when it comes to like these uh, foreign releases, and so our studios mm-hmm. will pick up stuff for cheap, and we can get like 
like copies for like 15 bucks, which was great when yeah. you're broke uh, and you're hearing all sorts of good things about this in the mood for love that came out uh, so many years ago whatever it would mm-hmm. have been, 19, uh, 2000, my God. Um, so yeah, I, I've got this. Uh, I've been looking forward to rewatching it. It's a very beautifully shot movie, RJ. Uh, Are these? Yeah, keep going. Oh, and then, yeah, Chunking Express uh, is the other one I've seen. That's from, God, that's from 94. Uh, yeah, that's a movie that, boy, you better love the song California Dreamin' because you're going to hear it a bunch. But the movie's really good. Um, uh, he's a good dude. I've never seen like 2046, uh, fallen angels, happy together. I've, I know these titles. Those are like the big five of his. And then after that, mm-hmm. there's like days of being wild, uh, as tears go by. I, I don't know. I don't know the movies, hmm. but, uh, I mean, I, I have no problems with, uh, films getting nice spanking new releases. Um, especially when it comes to foreign cinema, you know, you can only have so many like, Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park and Fast mm-hmm. and the Furious box sets. Sometimes it's good to have these other movies. It'll be expensive as fuck. And uh, now that I'm going to be house broke, I can't afford anything mm. ever again. So thank use those Patreon bucks and the, and the internet bucks. I love internet yeah. bucks. Use those internet bucks, dude. So yeah. So uh, RJ doesn't know anything about this, and uh, I'm going to be too broke for when this does come out. But I guess we're both for it, right? Uh, I'm for anything related to things that people enjoy. Uh, I've heard of Chunking Express. Yeah. Just, uh, it's like I said, once we started doing this show, I almost just completely stopped watching Criterion movies for leisure uh, because I'm like, oh, we'll get there one day. Yeah. It might be 15 years from now, but I'm like, oh, we'll get there. Um, is this the first uh, dip back into China since John Woo? Mm, probably. I'm, I, I just had a quick peek here, and I th- unless I'm wrong, I'm going base, straight off of names. I So I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, hmm, that's cool. Yeah. We uh, like those John Woo movies. Yeah, I'm sure these are... Are they similar? Yes. Nice. That it's, they both star Chinese people. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, as RJ was saying, uh, we've all just stopped watching Criterions for pleasure, and now it's for pain. Yeah, but it's true though. I it's like I said that one time. I I put a movie in to watch, and then the Criterion logo came up, and I was like, eh, I don't want to watch it. Even though I looked it up, and it was like four hundred and eighty, which would be like four years from now. I was like, nah, I'll wait. Yeah. So, anyways, well, that's cool to hear from a new person. Yeah, thanks. especially from the YouTube. Okay. But will he be able to hear this? He or she be able to hear this if they're YouTube listeners? He better figure, hopefully he figures it out. Oh, okay. Um, anyways, hey, RG, speaking of pain, what you been what? creeping on this week? Uh, not a lot. But more because... than more than me. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't watch Dude, anything. Dude, I, I drove 30 hours in the last, like, five days. I've been buying a house. All right. You have things. Uh, well, Bullshit I did watch things. two bullshit things yeah uh, i did watch a couple things uh the day that we got home because we were real tired and i couldn't do a whole lot of work so i tried to watch movies that i one of which i picked or and it was an andy pick but i thought it actually worked in well with the rebecca theme uh women in distress type of uh movies uh and the other movie i watched was a Jarrett pick which I think was also a women in distress type of movie. Yeah. So uh, I watched a movie, Jared, called Sunshine Cleaning by a lady named Christine Jeffs. 
she has two other movies that look uh, not bad, and it was written by a lady named Megan Hawley, who hasn't written anything else. Uh, this seems like it was maybe a book, but at the same time, it could just be an original screenplay. Uh, this was on Netflix. It's 10 years old. Sunshine Cleaning, Jarrett, stars your girl, Amy Adams, my girl, Emily Blunt, and our our boy, Alan Arkin. Uh, it also has one of my favorite actors, Steve Zahn, who I feel like doesn't get enough credit, isn't in enough movies, and is a super underrated actor. I think Steve Zahn's real wicked. Oh, man, that feedlot smells wafting into my house right now. Is it because I was talking about Steve Zahn? <laughs> Maybe he's up there listening. Have uh, you ever seen Joyride? Yeah. He's, I like I like Steve Zahn. Huh? I remember he had a good run, and then he disappeared. Yeah. I actually, I think he's really good in that uh, Christian Bale movie where they're like down soldiers in Vietnam or something. Do you know that one that I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, sure. Rescue Dawn. I think he's really good yeah, in that. Yeah, that's right. He's in there. And he's like, um, God damn. Uh, the one with Paul Reiser. Uh, yep. One Night at McCool's. Is he in that too? Um, yeah, maybe. He, he, uh, out, of, out of sight. He's, he had a, he had a heyday. Yeah, dude. Uh, Riding in Cars with Boys, which is a uh, a favorite movie of mine, directed by the director of A League of Their Own and Awakenings. Uh, so, anyways, I like Steve Zahn. What was I talking about? Sunshine Cleaning. All right. Is, it, is Adam... this a sequel in it related? Because it's got Alan Arkin nope. to uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Uh you get you get some pretty heavy vibes because he is playing the grandpa and like a quirky eccentric type of grandpa. And Sunshine appears in both titles. <laughs> both titles. Yep. Um, so Amy Adams is a single mom and she has a kid who isn't on one, uh, some end of some spectrum, but he seems like a little off. He gets in trouble at school a lot and it's usually for like licking the walls or something like that. Uh, Alan Arkin, your fa- your favorite grandpa is always like, oh, you're smarter than them kids. They don't deserve you. It's like that kind of grandpa thing. Uh, so Amy Adams is single mom and Steve Zahn is the dad. He plays uh, a bad guy in this, uh, but he's kind of like a deadbeat dad. He has a real family and he just like has affairs with Amy Adams on the side. Uh, Steve Zahn update. He is not in oh. One Night at McCool's. The movie he's I'm the, not? No, the movie I'm thinking of is Saving, Sil- Saving Sarah Silverman. Or Saving Silverman. Oh, Saving, Saving Silverman. Silverman. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show. You're Jack not. Black and Steve's on. Uh, Jason oh, Biggs. Jason Biggs is the man himself. Um, maybe I'll watch that movie sometime. I I, th- I thought I watched it like uh, this year. Maybe I didn't. Uh, that movie's amazing. Uh, that's on Netflix too. Saving Silverman's awesome. What's I talking about? Oh yeah, she's a single mom. She's trying to raise her kid. And Emily Blunt is her sister, and Emily Blunt is really distant and kind of removed, and she's like kind of edgy. And it's because their mom like left when they were really young, and they didn't have uh, a mom in their life, and they need money. So uh, a guy lets them know about this business, this lucrative trade, uh, which is cleaning up like crime scenes. So not just like crimes like say someone was murdered mm-hmm. but like say someone dies. like committed suicide yeah. or dies in their apartment and mm-hmm. then their body doesn't get discovered for like yeah, 3 yeah. weeks these are the cleaning crews that do it uh there's a documentary about that called uh, a certain kind of death there you go. it's it's not specifically about the people who clean up but it's about 
the what happens to those people that are just found uh, dead in apartments and stuff like that? With there like, is talk about de- uh, decomposition and things like that in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're cleanup people, and then uh, they go on the ropes for a while, so they're, they're not great at it at first. They get a little help from Clifton Collins Jr. You know that guy from Star Trek. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, that guy's actually pretty big. He's in lots of... You'd recognize him. Um, so they do that, and they kind of, like, grow, and they, they kind of... It's a, it's a movie about healing, Jarrett, about personal, emotional healing. Y- you know? Uh, Sunshine Cleaning's not bad, actually. Like, uh, it had some, some really good moments, I thought. Uh, good interactions with the people. Uh, on the whole, it wasn't, like... Uh, I don't know. It didn't blow me away. Andrea really liked it, and it is it is good. There's nothing, there's nothing like overtly bad about it or anything like that. It's just it's like a nice little movie mm. about uh, sisters kind of like trying to get over like painful memories and things like that. Right. You know what I mean, that, Jeremy? That, that crap. Yeah. It. Yeah. Emily Blunt has a weird accent in this, though. Like, it's almost like she doesn't have her american accent yet and i was like that's weird because she's a pretty good actress i think um but there's a lot of adr for her Mm. where it's very clear that it's not even her voice and it like uh like so you can if you're watching like attentively and then a different voice comes in it's like oh and you're like wait a minute that's not her right this way mr Horton. yeah stuff like that so that that's weird Anyways, Sunshine Cleaning. You want to hear about a Jarrett pick that I watched? I would love to hear about a Jarrett pick. So people need to understand, uh, I threw out a, a question for Jarrett last night. And I said, which of these movies of yours that I still have in my possession uh, works for the theme <laughs> of uh, the, the, the creep this week? Uh, this movie, Rebecca. And Jarrett said, hey, why don't you watch The Incubus? Uh, from 1982 starring John Cassavetes and I was like ooh shit I really like John Cassavetes and I was trying to think why I had this movie like in mind at all and the only connection I can think of is it was John Hugh who did The Legend of Hell House the director and then also John Cassavetes is in it and I was like oh that's pretty neat like I I like John Cassavetes He's he's a criterion certified director he is. Uh, I got uh, roommate Scott gave me that Cassavetes box set one year for my birthday, which was pretty pretty rad. Wow. Uh, so I know Cassavetes did a lot of movies like these, I think, to fund the movies that he made. So I think that was kind of like infamously his deal was he would go in these like not like lower, not not even like schlocky or anything like that. Just these like kind of B horror movies or well, whatever. And, and this, so this is a, a Canadian tax shelter movie as well. Oh, can you explain what that means? So uh, back in the day, Canada wanted to like kind of help foster its uh, film industry. And so what it did was it basically created this scenario from a tax standpoint where American companies could like dump a bunch of money into uh, like Canadian productions or U.S. Canadian productions, make these mm-hmm. movies for like cheap in this Canada, and they'd kind of get like money out of it. And it's a way to like hide money. And it's like so it's like tax shelter movies. 
because mm-hmm. um, Canada was just like, please give us, please help us grow our business or industry. And so this mm-hmm. resulted in tons of uh, horror movies being made because you wanted to like get a quick turnaround on these things. And so like there's yeah. these guys who are just like, I don't care what you do with these with my money. Just like I want to profit off of it. And the surest way to make a profit is to make like exploitation horror stuff. And so right. there's a whole gamut of like just movies that came out in like from like the late seventies uh, through the early eighties that were just like taking advantage of the system, which results in uh, a variety of films, mm-hmm. uh, some Cronenberg stuff's in there. That's where some of that money was trickling in from. Yep. Um, then you have things like the incubus. The brain could have been one of those. Uh, probably was. Yeah. Anyways, the incubus. Uh, so the, uh, before I get into it, I will give some credit to where it's due. I actually think this is a pretty well put together movie. Mm-hmm. And the only way I can describe that is like, there's no amazing cinematography. There's no amazing writing. There's no amazing like, pl- like storylines or anything like that. But I do think that all three of those things are done really competently and really well that it actually feels like a pretty it kind of feels like a high production movie watching it i feel like uh the description would be workman like like yeah because john john ho he's just like a guy like he's like not this like great auteur he's no Mm -hmm. he's no hitchcock he's no uh kubrick he's just like i'm a film i'm a filmmaker i'm a director let's get this under budget and uh get the shots together work with our actors slap it together make it like still work as a movie and uh yeah, yeah. but yeah and at the same time though it's like i was like i was saying like it doesn't feel cheap and it doesn't feel like hokey uh it it, it does i i really think it plays out like a serious well, well-produced movie so while i was watching i was like fuck i was like this thing like it's kind of like a real movie. But then you get into what this movie is about. <laughs> the subject matter. And this may live in infamy as one of the most upsetting Jarrett picks <laughs> I've ever had. Really? Uh, well, you, this isn't uh, this, this isn't is like it, happiness levels or anything kids? like that. Yeah, it's not like kids or happiness or uh, the the bombshell fallout that was Martyrs. Uh, that one I'm not mad at you about. Yeah. Uh, I think that is a movie everyone should watch, unlike some of the other movies. Gummo. You've given, Gummo and Happiness. Martyrs is pretty – it's such a visceral experience. Anyways, I've talked about Martyrs before. Maybe we haven't, but we, we can talk about it some other day. Anyway, so The Incubus. Uh, this isn't a movie I hate by any means, uh, but this is a movie so overwhelmed <laughs> by gross sexual <laughs> content and it's so rape heavy and it's so sperm heavy. It's about an invisible rape demon with, yeah, a, so, gi- with a giant fucking cock that kill- like, kills people. Not before yeah. depositing, like, what's obviously, as you're about to describe, a, a large oh, I, amounts of sperm. I have. I have are, that's a direct quote. Quotes. I <laughs> yeah, have, thank I you. have direct quotes yeah. out of this thing. But yeah, so this movie is about an incubus, <laughs> which people know succubuses. Those are like the women version demons that seduce men. The incubus is the male version that just kind of like rapes women and then uh, like impregnates them. I feel like so this. I feel like they. I think classically they're like kind of like the flips. Like they're the same as a succubus. They were like they seduce men. I think they're also seducers because there's always the thing with like the suck, like the incubi, like um, the one that's like sitting on the chest. Like there's like the like the nightmare painting. 
Oh, that's uh, the sleep paralysis one. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. yeah. We're like the little figures like squatting on top of the woman. It's kind of like an incubus. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, th- like seducers. Um, this movie takes a different approach. Uh, it is a rape monster. Uh, you get wheelchair rapes. You get toilet seat rapes. You get librarian underage children rapes at one point in this movie. Uh, so you get a, a, an assortment of rapes. Uh, poor John Cassavetes is a doctor, and he has the unfortunate task of doing all of the autopsies on these women. Uh, and I, I'm just going to lay out a few <laughs> quotes for you, Jared. And uh, just everyone listening, these are 100% real. I didn't make any of these up. I copied them down verbatim. Okay, so here they are. Uh, a hell of a lot of sperm. Yeah. There was so much sperm. Oh, the sperm? An incredible amount. Mm. Uh, the sperm of at least 10 men or more. Yeah. Uh, and then I swear to God, there is going to be a rape tonight. Uh, so a lot of the time they're describing what these rape victims look like after. They have exploded uteruses. Uh, like they're like the guy's like it is. He basically is like someone drove a dump truck through this woman's uterus and dumped out like an incredible amount of sperm. It's so vile. Uh, it is so gross. They it's say wrote this movie. I don't know, but you could, if you counted the amount of times it's they so say vile. sperm in this, and in just like the grossest ways to it, like the sperm of at least ten men or more. There's an interrogation scene where the a cop is like slapping a woman he's like how many men were there how many men raped you and you're just watching it you're like oh my god um so the sperm talk in this movie is (laughs) unlike anything i've ever experienced Mm -hmm. uh the sperm an incredible amount like i just can't describe it so uh on top of that you get uh a lot of pretty um descriptive slow motion rape scenes uh you don't see like full penetration it's not a triple x movie but you basically get everything else to the point where it's like women's clothing getting ripped and then it's like long lingering shots of their face as they're being raped by this demon thing and you're just like holy shit this movie's playing for keeps um, and then I think one of the most egregious things in this movie is uh, a lady is like taking there's like one of the girls that are like, OK, you go to bed. And then this lady's like, I'll go like get her a drink. And she gets a can of Coke and puts in a glass full of ice. It's like a, it's like a 15 year old girl going to bed and she's like, I'll give her a Coke. That, that'll fix her up. And it's like, what are you doing? Take that lady some water. It doesn't make any sense. I was like, who thought that was a good idea? The lady is going to bed. Why would she drink Coke? Do people do that? Uh, do people drink Coke like at their bed while they're sleeping? Addicts do, I maybe. Jesus. Anyways, the incubus. Uh, a hell of a lot of sperm. There was so much sperm. And oh, the sperm. Well, the other and- thing that you like, maybe you haven't really gone into this, but like the film's like a really gritty, grimy vibe to it too. Like it's always like, oh, in, yeah. like it's like they're in bathrooms. Like the cops yeah, are talking about this in this very flat out procedural way, but like the mm-hmm. it's all grimy. Like the, the film stock is gritty and like, it feels so cheap. And mm-hmm. you're just like these cops are just like these men just lording out and spitting out this dialogue about sperm. So I watched this like five years ago and I remember being just like, absolutely blown away by the dialogue because it's just like wow like this is what i want in my uh my like weird like 
kind of like 80s horror movies is this like sort of like strangeness and this movie checks all those boxes and like you say it's not like a it's not like a great movie or anything like that like i honestly don't yeah. remember like when you started talking about some of the scenes again i'm like oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah there's there's a lot of sperm talk mm-hmm. buddy so one of the uh, co-writers here on this film uh, is a uh, old hand of Roger Corman. Uh, wrote mm-hmm. uh, X or worked on X, the man with the uh, X-ray eyes, and Mister Sardonicus, the William Castle movie, uh, all sorts of uh, premature burial, kind of like nice movies in comparison to nice the Incubus, mm-hmm. the gross Incubus. How about that? The good Abyss. Enough. Yeah. Out of you. So this one's on you. You thank you. And uh, I'm done with Good. the show. I guess. Great. Possibly forever. No. I don't know. You're gonna come back for more because you like the pain. Uh, the sperm. Fucking like that one scene where he's talking about like the exploded uteruses is so gross. <laughs> he's like, her uterus was exploded, and someone's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "He's like, no, listen, you don't understand. There's a sperm of at least ten men in this woman, and like everyone in the room is like calm and collective about it. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah that that totally happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, oh that's the par for the course here in uh, Tirana, Canada." Ugh, gross. Uh, the uh, DVD was, uh, like, the actual physical one was pretty nice, though. It's like a woman screaming, and her mouth is right where the whole of the DVD is. So I was like, hey, that's a nice little uh, visual feature uh, This this mo- super this, gross movie. This movie's coming out on Blu-ray from uh, Code Red uh, very Nobody soon. Nobody asked for that. Oh, they, they can't wait for it to come, though. Get it? Oh, Jarrett. Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. Did you watch uh, anything this week or no? No, I told you I didn't watch anything. Oh, I thought I thought you maybe watched one. I didn't realize that you didn't take this podcast seriously in any way. Well, it's, I don't. Oh. Pretty disappointing, my man. I'm sorry. Do you want me to talk about? Do you want me to say the sperm quotes again? Uh, no, I'm good. I I I got a good laugh. I think we all I think we all did. So okay, that one of the one of the taglines, and it's awesome yeah. for the incubus. The incubus. He is the destroyer of that's that's it uteruses the ultimate power of evil the dreams mm-hmm. the nightmares the desires the fears the mystery the revelation the warning he is the destroyer yeah of uteruses there's a um, there's, there's a pretty rad poster of like this like faceless demon thing holding a naked lady in space it's uh ooh, or, or, or in the ocean with an explosion behind him yeah it's uh pretty badass it does sound cool. Um, one thing I was going to ask you, I don't know if you know, uh, on the DVD, there is a thing that says uh, Katarina's Nightmares. Yes. And when you put on the DVD, it says watch Katarina's Nightmares. And uh, I didn't because I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't feel like watching whatever that thing is. It's like a um, Elvira, Elvira kind of thing where she'll be like, oh. she's like this, like, hey, I'm a pretty lady with big tits. I'm going to comment about it because that's what people like, right? Just like Elvira. That's that's all it is. There, That's like um, the line. It's like Code Red release, which means it's Bill Olsen and his brother Walt had the other company, which those ones came mm. out from under. It it's a long deadline, and that's and they're 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 putting out the Blu-ray now, so people can watch all the sperm in HD. How much? All the sperm. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Good so to know. hey hey, uh, I didn't watch anything, but uh, got got any news, RJ? Oh, I got news, baby. 
Uh, not only did we get a first look at uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, but we got lots of looks at uh, the Joker. They released some test footage, or what they called test footage of him in full makeup. And then there has just been an absurd amount of uh, photos coming through the internet of him in his full wardrobe. And I got to say, Jer, I think he looks pretty good. I think it looks pretty good. Uh, I think it is simple uh, and effective. Some people are like, it looks just like... Hugh Ledger's and it's like well yeah, yeah. because that's kind of like one of the looks that he has that's... it's either it's either that or Jared Leto so yeah so is this movie just about killing Jared Leto is, is that Possibly. like is, that's basically where it's gonna go is like they're gonna kill Juggalo Joker they might uh, I think that is like honestly dead uh, all of that stuff although weirdly they today they just announced uh, casting for that Birds of Prey movie that'll have Harley Quinn like Suicide Squad Harley Quinn in it, and then they're still talking about this Joker and Harley movie that'll have Margot Robbie and uh, Jared Leto. But I on it I don't understand that at all. It seems like what they're doing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this Joaquin Phoenix stuff looks good uh, on the surface, so it's like just do that, man. Nobody want it. Nobody wants the other stuff. No. I, Nobody wants that. I yeah. It's definitely say that. Uh, you know, I have my thoughts out there about these superhero movies and speculating mm-hmm. on casting and shit. Sure. Other than to make fun of the fact that uh, it's kind of like more watching like actors fall to being in superhero mm-hmm. movies and it's yeah. like who, who's next um and i was just thinking i'm like matt damon hasn't been in one of these things yet what, not true what, which one what's he been in i couldn't think of anything thor ragnarok oh there you go he is in there for two minutes uh he plays uh and like uh they're in asgard watching a play of loki and thor and he's loki or something in the play Ah, yeah matt damon's there uh i think actually joaquin phoenix is the most surprising because uh if i remember right um marvel was trying to get him for as dr strange for like four years or something and the rumors i heard were that they basically like put a dump truck full of money on his lawn and they're like come do this and he was like nah i don't i'm not interested so i think he's kind of surprising it didn't seem like he was going to go for it Hmm. what do you what do you do what do you know anyways i think he looks good yeah he looks good uh that's like it's probably the best thing that that's come out of the dc camp uh in this iteration 10 years well of, of this like yeah post nolan era uh, it's definitely, I think, the most like, hey, that actually looks like something I'd want to see. But then it's like, I don't know, was it Tom Phillips? Was that the guy's or Todd, Todd Phillips, Phillips? Todd Phillips, the, the man who gave hangover. us the, the hangover. Yeah, it's it seems weird, but the only thing that's good, I guess, is like Martin Scorsese is a producer on it, He's... and it's got like Robert De Niro and stuff. So I think it's like pulling in big talent. Yeah. Um, the one thing I saw, which makes sense, is uh, I think they were saying that this is basically like uh, the king of com- comedy for Batman. So like that's why Scorsese is involved, is they're trying to do that with. Uh-huh. So I yeah I know that makes you upset, but you no, know... it, make, it makes me go. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. But uh, other news, my man, friend of the show, Mel Gibson, yeah. is back. He's directing a remake of The Wild Bunch. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of strong opinions on this. But hey, you know what? Anti-Semitism aside, <laughs> that dude's a wicked director. And I can't wait to see his remake of The Wild Bunch. 
Um, I don't hold that movie as in like such a sacred place as other people do. I think it's really good. Uh, and you know what? I, uh, I for one welcome his interpretation of this this thing. Uh, it'll, we'll just have to see if Warren Oates is uh, up to uh, reprising his role. Is he game? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel he's definitely gamey. Is he dead? <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Wikipedia decide. Uh, do you not know either? Is that what, what's going on here? Uh, got any takers here? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So when when did he? When do you think Warren Oates died there, RJ? Because yeah, he, I think Warren yeah. Oates died. When, when did, how long do you think he's been dead? Because <laughs> he's been dead for a long time. I'm just curious what you think. Oh, how I was long? gonna say like two weeks or what? So he's been dead since 1982. Whoa! So yeah, he died before I was born. So yeah, he's been dead for a while, RJ. Okay, well, still though, do you think that he's gonna reprise his role? Um, well, they, maybe they'll uh, get the they'll get the bones out. His role as Vile Gorch <laughs> in this uh, new interpretation of uh, the Wild Bunch. Yes, yeah, you're you're a big Wild Bunch guy, aren't you? I, I, yeah, I, Wild Bunch is awesome. So uh, what do you think about this thing? Are you going to uh, be excited? Uh, no, it's a completely unnecessary remake, just like they all are. Um, yeah. I just wish that maybe old Mad Mel was making his own Western, whatever whatever, uh, he, whatever he wanted to make. I could... do too. I think this is a step towards him being – you, you got to remember, he was gone for 10 years because people didn't want him back. So I think this is another good step in the where's, rehabilitation uh, of Mel Gibson. Where's his Jesus 2 movie? He it's down the pipe. He said he'll do it. Uh, See, he'll do this wild of, bunch. He, what is remake. he? Is he a Gelmero del Toro, David Fincher type uh, of guy? He makes no. He makes nowhere little, near that. He makes. Much. A, I don't know. He had that. Uh, the one other story about the the Jews holding up in the cliff faces in a siege sort of movie. The white. The, the movie about like it's like another Bible story of like like a bunch of Jews holding up in like a wall and some cliff face and it's like a big siege movie. It hits some mm. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know the fucking Bible shit. Well, a lot of those projects fell apart because he was shunned from Hollywood. Yeah. And now he, then he abandoned them and he's moved on. And now he's, been, well, he's where's the movies? Huh? We're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. You get okay. you, you you get a hold of his people and you say what's going on. Well, I, we'll we'll believe the Wall Bunch movie when it's made. At this point, it's just another uh, GDT number. Uh, no one's that bad. I met well, a guy who looked like Guillermo del Toro on well, the weekend. I'm, I'm sure you can find him at any gaming store somewhere in the back playing Magic, mm-hmm. buying his comics. With his wispy beard. <laughs> Dime a dozen, those wispy pew beards. Ooh. Ooh. But how many of them can say they're Academy Award winning pew beards? Pew, if any. Yep. That's right. Few, if any. That guy, he was on Twitter talking about how everyone has to watch Mandy, too. All these people. It seems like right after I shit yeah. on Mandy, a bunch of friends of mine all watching Mandy and all liking it. And I'm like, you fucking, you pieces of shit. Just take my word for it. Don't don't watch this. Don't don't give uh, Panos uh, credit. Spanakorios. Yeah, all these people like Beyond the Black Rainbow, too. So Yeah, see, I'm, I'm with specious, you, though. Specious. Uh, that movie sucks here. hard, so... I don't know about Mandy, but uh, Black Rainbow, not a fan. Yeah, well, you're, you're going to have to settle this. And everyone yeah. will be like, hey, J-Dog, you're wrong. Uh, am I the uh, deciding factor? Uh, no, I'm still right. But, I mean, you might as well throw your hat mm-hmm. into the ring on the the great Mandy debate. Well, I, I still have a good – I have three people with two-star reviews and then three people, four people with four-star reviews. Do you see how many uh, five-star reviews Incubus got? 
No. Lots. What? Why? Why do people like that movie? They, they love it, baby. They love that Incubus. That's ridiculous, but you know, that's uh, that's letterbox horror community for you. They like they overlike things sometimes. Silly, silly. silly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, news uh, that Hellboy reboot got pushed back. Um, Is that a, good? What a shock! What a shock! Well, when was it supposed to come out? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I th- yeah, because I feel like it was supposed to come out in like January, which is like a dumping ground for movies. So uh, if it got pushed back, that's probably there's good. No, there's no real dumping ground anymore, though. That's like that's, yeah, but do you remember when Gangster Squad was going to yes. come out in November and then they put it to January because yeah. it was a bad? No, thing. I mean for sure, but I think that's uh that's changing now. I think uh, the movie industry is very weird. Right, because mm-hmm. like, like you know, remember last year we had like all these movies coming out that made like you had it and uh, like that made like a fuck ton of money, and we didn't we didn't we haven't gotten that we haven't gotten that big crazy uh, September movie uh, as far as I'm aware. I did see that Fahrenheit eleven nine uh, is not making any money, but it probably has a lot more to do with the fact that it's not playing anywhere that I know of anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, I don't f- feel like that's a movie that you can watch in any places at any time. No, and also, I mean, just like I think the cachet of uh, old Michael Moore has passed. Mm. Mm. Basically, we like if you're online, oh, you, yeah, the, the world is just like it's either you're a Michael Moore or like politically in some way or another. You think that information is just everywhere. Whereas at one point, you know, back in the the two thousands, it was like kind of like a, a novelty to have this break of narrative from a. Uh, uh, mm. And those sort of politics, but now it's just like, oh, great! I'm gonna go spend two hours watching a documentary about the thing that everyone doesn't shut up about online. Great, yeah. good, good. <laughs> yeah, we have we have awareness now. We can figure it out. Yeah, we're all so woke now. It doesn't really matter. Uh... <sighs> After the break, we're uh, um. I'm gonna kill RJ. Dump him in the ocean. I fucking dare you, man. Better men have tried.
return of the most glamorous motion picture ever made. David O. Selznick and Alfred Hitchcock bring you the Grand Slam Prize winner that made motion picture history. Winner of the Academy Award, voted by America's critics as the best picture of the year. And now, as a result of a national poll, winning new honors as audiences throughout the country vote to see it again. The Selznick Studios successor to Gone with the Wind, Rebecca, brought to the screen with all the warmth and emotion that made millions of readers acclaim Daphne du Maurier's bestseller as the most exciting love story of our time. The fascinating Max de Winter lives on the screen in the person of Laurence Olivier. Why, it's Max de Winter. How do you know? The shy, unsophisticated young girl who dared to follow in the footsteps of the beautiful Rebecca is portrayed by lovely Joan Fontaine. How could I ask you to love me when I knew you loved Rebecca still? Whenever you touched me, I, I knew you were comparing me with Rebecca. What is the mystery of Rebecca? What dread secret is hidden within the silent walls of Manderley? It's not only in this room. It's in all the rooms in the house. You can almost hear it now. Do you think the dead come back and watch the living? Is Mrs. Van Hopper a friend of yours, or just a relation? No, she's my employer. I'm what is known as a paid companion. Oh, I didn't know companionship could be bought. There is mystery, love, and laughter in Rebecca. The motion picture still unsurpassed for suspenseful romance. Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Rebecca from 1940, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. The tagline for the film, The shadow of this woman darkened their love. And the synopsis from Letterboxd, Story of a young woman who marries a fascinating widower only to find out that she must live in the shadow of his former wife, Rebecca, who died mysteriously several years earlier. The young wife must come to grips with the terrible secret of her handsome, cold husband, Max de Winter. She must also deal with the jealous, obsessed Mrs. Danvers, the housekeeper, who will not accept her as the mistress of the house. So, RJ, uh, yes. I watched this movie a couple years ago. Um, I think I watched it because it was a Best Picture winner. And it was? Yeah. This bad boy won Best Picture. Um, and uh, it's Alfred Hitchcock. I've got this here uh, Blu-ray set that I think it's like Fox put this thing together, or MGM. And mm-hmm. it's very convenient. And it's also why the Rebecca Spellbound and Notorious are all out of print from Criterion because they don't have the rights, um, which is fine because uh, it's all about that picture quality. And these movies look pretty good here in this box set so far. Um Next week we'll be finding out how Spellbound looks because I've actually never seen that movie, but we're talking we're talking about Rebecca right now. So uh, I watched the movie like yeah, like I said, a couple years ago, and I guess it didn't leave much of an impression. Uh, my Letterbox star rating at the time was a big old three stars, which mm-hmm. is very much a reflection of this movie's fine. This movie's like okay. I it didn't it didn't 
uh, speak to me. Um, and I never wrote anything about what I thought about it. Um, mm-hmm. So when we were watching it this week, I kind of went in being like, oh, okay, well, I guess got to knock this one out. Um, but yeah, so this was the second time watching it and I felt like it was a much better experience. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was a much better, uh, just like, I don't know, more engaging story. I'm not sure if it's because in the intervening years of doing this podcast and watching these movies and paying attention to them in a different way that I was appreciating a lot of what, uh, Hitchcock was doing here because I'd say that this movie does not feel particularly Hitchcockian. Um, even com- Ooh, that's a big word. Yeah, I know. Uh, because yeah. compared to even like uh, Lady Vanishes or the Thirty Nine Steps, uh, it doesn't really feel like it's the same director in some ways. And I can't mm-hmm. really put my finger on it. Um, I was reading the uh, uh, Francois Truffaut Hitchcock interview book, and they, mm-hmm. they they actually made the comment about how this movie doesn't actually feel like it's directed by him and even Hitchcock said so himself and part of the thing that they mentioned is that this movie doesn't have a lot of humor to it it's actually mm-hmm. all very serious and psychological um, uh, I guess with the film so this is his first American movie so he got brought over to America by that uh, big name producer David Oselznik, uh mm-hmm. riding high on that Gone with the Wind era power and uh, he, he got that Hitchcock guy from Britain, and uh, I guess he was originally supposed to be working on a Titanic movie, um, and that never got made. Instead, he wound up making this, which fit because I guess that when he was making The Lady Vanishes, he wanted to make this screenplay or work on this uh, mm. an adaptation of this book, Rebecca. But it cost way too much money, and so it worked out, I guess, in the end because he got to make it anyway. Uh, so this movie reminds me a lot now of this it's I don't know there's like a loose connection of movies uh Pygmalion uh mm-hmm. Mother uh and yeah. and Phantom Thread are all yeah <laughs> I actually thought the same thing about Phantom Thread to the point where I feel like there's an entrance or there's like a scene at the entrance of their mansion and I was like that looks just like the entrance of like the apartment townhouse in Phantom oh, the, Thread the house of Woodcock yeah, like I, I was getting those vibes too. So, anyways, so, keep going. So I did a uh, Google search, just typing in like yeah. Rebecca Phantom Thread Mother, and yeah, there's like I guess uh, P.T. Anderson actually said exactly that, like this was him trying to make a Rebecca movie because, but he also okay. made a comment about how people usually fail at making their Rebeccas. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think as we've talked about on this podcast before, Phantom Thread is pretty awesome. Yes, it is. I've um, mentioned it many. I went in depth that one day about how much you, I like that. Yes, so. but yeah. So I mean, like, there's this, and going along with the previous uh, Criterion Creep, Pygmalion, uh, and with Mother, we have these, this narrative of this kind of like wayfish, innocent, insecure young woman uh, mm-hmm. who gets kind of brought into, kind of like a Cinderella figure, who's kind of brought into uh, this very powerful older male influencer. Uh, mm-hmm. who's like either like some sort of great creative or just like the power dynamics completely out of whack. And she's brought into this like house and into this like kind of weird relationship. Um, to Because like so in Pygmalion, you have like a woman that's like kind of being trained on a bet by kind of like a sadist who kind of is indifferent to her. And it's never mm-hmm. really laid out as like a romance from the get-go. It's kind of a farce. Uh, with Phantom Thread, you have this like controlish maniac uh, who kind of goes through women in the cyclical way and kind of meets mm-hmm. his match finally. 
Uh, and then with Mother, you have this sort of alleg- like you actually get the allegory of this story that strips out like any sort of like traditional narrative, uh, and you just kind of get this like you actually it, it really embraces the house more mm-hmm. so than uh, even if Rebecca. But uh, yeah, no, I th- I think this movie is actually uh, how would you break it up? It's kind of like four parts. Uh, you get the the, the first half yeah. the first half hour you get kind of the meet cute. Uh, where you, you have the unnamed female protagonist who becomes like Mrs. DeWinter, but that's about it. You never learn her first name, which like mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even really notice until I went. I was writing up my notes and I was like, what's her name? And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. she never gets one. Um, but of course, it's kind of interesting that her she doesn't have a name because the dead wife, Rebecca, her her absence is completely felt throughout and her name is the only one that you ever hear so yeah he fits uh from that standpoint yes um and yeah you just get to learn uh just kind of how much of an asshole uh old larry all of olivier here is oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's good old larry uh good old creep creep favorite mr Ham- uh, old hamlet yeah, in the Hen- acting the seat this time though not just the directing seat of uh what jared has dubbed as one of the bottom five movies of the entire criterion collection so far what oh henry the fifth henry the fifth what is that for you like number five uh, i think it would make sense is it's yeah. it's henry five um mm-hmm. yeah that that movie's not so good i don't know it's it's got it's got some uh in the running though in this next set of 100 movies um yeah so yeah you get the first half hour which is all set at this hotel and you get the meet cute stuff and like you're kind of like wondering why is this lady falling for this guy he seems like kind of a jerk calling her a little idiot and stuff like that <laughs> but, it turned, yeah. but but because it's 1940 they're falling in love mm-hmm. um and then you get to the second quarter I mean, this is just excellent stuff. Beautiful photography, camera work. Uh, the performances kick up a notch. You get these great miniatures and stuff like that of the, the Manderley set. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like an exploration of the psychology of the house uh, as we watch our p- protagonist kind of integrate into the house that's been established. And like, it's this oversized world. Like, ever, like there's like doorknobs that are at head height. It, it just doesn't make any sense at all that someone would build this house I, this way. I love those doorknobs. I think they're super cool. Yeah, it's like, imp- it's quite impressive. And it's like, it, it really makes her like diminutive in this setting. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but then like, and then you get this, like, then you get like kind of the, uh, per, the the villainous, the, the, mm-hmm. the evil figure, the uh, Mrs. Danvers, I guess, as she goes by, um, mm-hmm. who I guess is your like the, turns out your predatorial lesbian kind of woman, who, yeah. but it's like very subtle in the way that nineteen forties movies are, but it's like not that subtle because it's like mm-hmm. well, lesbianism's evil, um. But like you get these scenes of her like basically doing these walkthroughs of this giant house, uh, and it kind of at times feels like you're walking through like the giant dead corpse of a the memory of a woman, and it's like really mm. like I don't know like it was actually I kept thinking about that like you're just walking through this person's uh, possessions the, the the wake of her like she's come and gone and like everything is mm. like you're left in like uh, uh, it, you're, it's kind of a 
to be a, a pretentious asshole. Sublime experience of like you're mm. you're like you're like no, this, I don't like you're, that. Yeah, you're, you're very small in the sense of this really big presence. That's kind of like the the kind of visual stuff that's kind of going on at times, like where she's walking down hallways and everything's just like so much bigger than she is, and like the mm-hmm. I, and the idea of Rebecca is bigger than anything she can live up to, and she's constantly kind of having that follow around her, and it keeps like building all this stuff about like just like how she'll never live up and her husband's like fucking dark turns that come out of nowhere that don't make any sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you get this like thing where she's kind of getting coursed into suicide uh, after being tricked into dressing up in a Halloween costume. uh, That is like a, what her predecessor dressed up into because Mm -hmm. Mrs. Danvers is a real piece of crap. Uh, (laughs) But before that can all pay off, you get like a random explosion of a boat off the coast of Manderley, wherever it is on the island. It's just kind of in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get this big reveal that I think actually works really well after all these years. It does. Um, yeah. And yeah, you get a old Lawrence Olivier who just he turns out, it's like, oh no, he wasn't in love with this woman and not able to get over it. He, he fucking hated her guts. And mm-hmm. uh, he just, he feels really guilty because he kind of killed her by accident. Um, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Then he, you know, got rid of the body. Uh, so you, got, you start mm-hmm. falling into the kind of the wrong man sort of uh, Hitchcock vibe. Uh, but it worked out okay because it turns out the same night that he got rid of her body and they went looking for her, uh, there was another dead woman. And he just went, yup, that's the one. <laughs> That, mm-hmm. that's all well and good. And he thought he'd kind of put it behind her and he met this new lady and they're going to hit it off and everything's going to be swell. He's he's not mentally damaged from this. Um, and then He seems pretty stable. Yeah. And then the movie kind of shifts into this procedural mode for like kind of the, the final third and fourth. And uh, it's definitely like I felt kind of a come down from like the buildup of it. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, just like, oh no, are people going to find out about this? But it's kind of like how in the ruling class from a couple of weeks ago, where you have this like kind of world that like no one could possibly believe that this man from privilege could actually have done anything this terrible. Bad. And so they're just like, oh, you'll be fine. I mean, there's not a big deal here. <laughs> um, and then mm-hmm. finally it all pays off. They find the right doctor who's like, oh yeah, she had, she had cancer. And, uh, and, and uh, it was all a, a, an elaborate suicide to like fuck with people's lives. Cause Rebecca's a bad, bad woman. Um, and then things wrap up mm-hmm. in spectacular fashion with a really amazing big fire burn down sequence. Um, and you get this like really weirdly reminiscent shot of Citizen Kane's final shot of this big close up of like a burning R, which mm-hmm. is like kind of the rosebud thing. And it's like, oh, this movie came out like a year earlier and while well, uh, that was in production. So I'm not sure if that was uh, a coincidence or just total uh, a ripped job by a uh, mm-hmm. old uh, hack Orson Welles. Yeah. Boy. He is a hack. You know, and dead. Just like That's why I don't watch like, any of his like movies. Oates. Uh, uh, Warren Oates, I think, is still alive. If Warren Oates isn't alive, but Kirk Douglas is, there's something real weird going on here. Okay. And I don't get it. So, is, I don't know. Is he, this kind of a Berenstein Bears Mandula effect here going on? Mandula? No one says it like that. Man, Come on. Man, Mandula? Mandela? Mandula? Mandela? 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 What the... This is preamble talk, man. This isn't YouTube review RJ. quality stuff. What? <laughs> what, 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 did you, what did you think of this Rebecca? Uh, Rebecca. Uh, Remain Stamos? 
<laughs> Pretty good joke, eh? Uh, hey. Yeah, I did it. Um, so, uh, my history with Big Al, uh, I've seen some of the big bangers, the all-time hits, that kind of stuff. I haven't seen a lot of these little guys, so uh, that's why this Criterion Creeps initiative is uh, playing off in our favor. Uh, like Lady Vanishes and this, and then even the next couple. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably movies I wouldn't have watched because I don't own that big fancy hitch uh, box set that uh, so many people desire in their life. There's people who have jobs. There's people who have jobs and, uh, you know, normal lives and can afford the things they want and aren't just living in misery. Uh, so anyways, living in misery, like Rebecca. Um, I had never seen it, never heard of it. Well, or didn't know anything about it, I should say. Uh, I think this movie is pretty good. Uh, pretty pretty real good. Um, I didn't... Pretty love, real good. Pretty real good. Uh, I didn't love it. Uh, I do think it is a really good movie, though. Um, for a few reasons. Uh, I think... Uh, some stuff that you touched on. Uh, I think that this movie does such a good job at like building this ghost story that isn't really about ghosts kind of like when you brought up phantom thread that's what i was thinking about the whole time watching this was like this this uh haunting presence that overtakes everything and it influences the like the everyday lives of the people and like the environment around you because uh, that's what phantom thread is like i think to a bit i had no idea that uh pta himself talks about rebecca but i can see it now uh but for rebecca i thought they do like such a really good job at having that like i said haunting presence uh and i don't think it's even just about rebecca but like meeting expectations uh because for her it's all about like living up to this kind of higher standard uh that she's not used to and it's something that she she doesn't really belong in so she you you really you really empathize with her because she's trying her best and even when she does try she gets like shit on for trying to not well, be herself well because she kind of jumps from like one like shitty relationship Spectrum. and it's actually it's like a lot of uh bad ladies because you get like that yeah. uh van hopper lady who's like yeah. actually, who's in the very beginning uh which totally yeah, she gets, sucks hard yeah she's like but she's it's a great performance uh the yeah. woman that plays that she's really good it's like uh one of those types of characters that uh they're they're not as they don't realize they're dumb and they're just or just like they think they're smarter than they are um and it's like so she goes from that kind of bad relationship into the relationship mm-hmm. with mrs uh danvers and then there's like the overall encompassing uh rebecca character so lots of bad ladies yeah a lot of bad ladies man bad hombres uh so I think they do a really good job at showing that and they do it in a few different ways. Like there's the direct like verbal ways that they do it, but there's a lot of like visual uh, things that they do. Uh, There's one really good shot that I like when she like first, it's like her first day after uh, like waking up in the mansion and she doesn't really know what to do, like how to have breakfast and stuff like that. And she sits down at the table and it's, it's not like a long shot. It's maybe like five, six seconds, but it's just her sitting at this huge table by herself. And she's totally like at odds with what to do with herself. She's just kind of like, uh, what do I do now? I think that shows it in like a really good way. Uh, and then just, I don't know. They're like what you said too, where you don't even know her name. Cause uh, I watched this with Andrea and she, she brought that up too. She was like, what's her name? And I was like, I don't think she has one. I was like, I've only 
heard her them call her Mrs. DeWinter. And I think that like builds it up really good too, because everyone refers to her as that, but then they refer to Rebecca as Miss DeWinter as well. And she's like constantly in this state of like not knowing, kind of like not knowing where she fits into this whole, this world, this new world that she's dropped in because people want the other one. People talk about the other one, but at the same time, they're like, you are, you are her now. So be her. And she like, can't really negotiate that. Like she can't fit in with what all these people want. And I think that's really good. Uh, that that's what I think the heart of this movie is. And the best part of this movie is like, like I said, the ghost story aspect of it, where it's this like uh, overwhelming uh, pre- like shadow that like casts over every element, like the people, the house, like everything. I was like, man, that's it's pretty good. I like that a lot. Uh, there, so I think this movie's like pretty good. There are a few things that I wasn't like didn't dislike, but I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Uh, I do think they lay on the Rebecca stuff a little thick at some points. Uh, and like, I, I get why they do that. But some points it's like kind of goofy. It, it dips into, I think, where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you did this pretty good. But she was amazing. <laughs> and uh, she, she, the the new girl's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard she was good. And it's like, no, she was amazing. Are those and like like, scenes with like the those like the idiot friends? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's like kind of like the. I mean, that's sort of it's, your. It's the point, really. Yeah, because like, they're like they're like those obnoxious asshole people that are like, I don't know. Like, so I was imagining because that was the scene that really made me think of Mother was like how Mother has those scenes with like when Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer show oh, up, yeah. and you're just like exposed to like how awful they are. But it's like an awful that is far more like heavy handed and. uh because yeah. of the way I mean contemporary filmmaking is and the way Aronofsky would handle like a like a visceral kind of like kitchen sink uh realist sort of style where it's like it drives home how uncomfortable and horrible people are whereas mm-hmm. this movie again it's like a product of its time 1940 where it's yeah. like people it's gonna be a little softer and kind of like huh these people are kind of funny and charming and like they're, they're just they just keep hammering on about this thing because that's what mm-hmm. people do um they don't realize that oh this actually is like kind of the wrong thing to be saying to somebody yeah yeah i i get that too and uh that's like this other point too where it's kind of like it's kind of like a catch-all thing where i i get why they do it and it it does really set the scene well but at the same time it comes off kind of uh not bad like what you were saying like a product of its time so like some of the dialogue in this directed specifically at like the lead actress is like so harsh and like uh, like things like when you first like are introduced to people on the cliff and the guy's like, why don't you get out of here, you dumb bitch. And then people like they say stuff like they don't say bitch, but they're like, you dumb old idiot or like you, you such a little idiot. Yeah, lots of little idiots, a couple of little, anyway. little idiots. And like the way that, like you said, they kind of like demean her and like belittle her a little bit. Like it makes sense because it's like building, just, adding all this pressure onto just her. Just like mother. Just like mother. Uh, and then the one that I thought was really like real bad was when he's like, just promise me not to wear black satin pearls or be 36 years old. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, I was like, that's a, such a shitty thing to say. Like, well, what about the not line? even just like you dumb little little idiot. What about that line he drops about making violent love behind a palm tree? 
Yeah, uh, I wrote that one down too uh, because uh, when when we first heard it, I thought he said something else, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, what's going on here? Why would he say that? And then I was like, oh, violent love. I was like, that's no better than what I thought I heard. <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, that's weird. And yeah, like he is just, he's like a huge prick. Yeah. And so there, there's sometimes things like that where I, like I do think that it does show a good job of like why it kind of sucks for her. But uh, yeah, and then I think the reveal is really good. Um, I didn't see it coming. I was like, ooh, shit. I was like, that's spicy, baby. I was like, uh, that's a that's a nice little twist in there that uh, I didn't see uh, see from far away. But that also like this movie, I think, fumbles a little bit on what comes after that. And you touched on that a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think like the tri- like the judge trials yep. that he's put in with like uh, the dude who was Bagheera in the Jungle Book cartoon, uh, that guy. Yeah. Um, yes. Like those those judge trials where he's like, well, as you see here by this written letter, uh, I have uh, irrefutable proof uh, that uh, she was not suicidal. Like, I think all that stuff isn't great. Um, when when you were talking about how it's kind of like ruling class, where like, oh, he couldn't do it. I was like, all right, I guess I can see it a little bit more. But uh, I I mostly didn't like that part of the movie yeah. because I was like, eh, I'm not, I'm not as on board with this where it turns into this weird, like you said, procedural. And I was like, this is like, this movie's over two hours long. They really could have cut that out. And I think the movie would have been better for it. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's just me. Well, I mean like, so this movie's like just like two hours, 10 minutes or so. And like, I'd say that like probably like after you get the big reveal, the movie like yeah. gets into the procedural stuff. And that's definitely like, the least memorable part other than it's just like, how is he going to get away with this? And now it's, he's, she's yeah. got to help him and navigate this and get this guy who like was in a bad position. And then you yeah. also have, uh, I mean, so like, yeah, the other thing, two things there uh, to follow up on the stuff with Rebecca, it's kind of like a, uh, I've seen some people reference it. It's like, it's like a proto noir or kind of like a side noir where like sure. you, you've seen all the film noir or actually all the noir stuff that you would see in a movie. It's only described to you after the fact in sort of this like uh, kind of prolonged monologue that he's giving to her at the kind of uh, the little cabin by the, uh, the sea. Uh, yeah. And like, there's oh, such awesome camera work where you get like the recreation yeah. of like, and then she got up and she walked across the room and you're just like, the camera's following nothing except for like just like the empty chair and then it goes up and it pans over where she would normally be walking. It's really like, it's really nice stuff. Um, but yeah, like you get that element of like, she's sort of like the femme fatale, but you never see her and she's already like taking care of herself. And like her whole idea was like to screw him over in the end. And now it's like her mm-hmm. plan's going to come to fruition and it's about whether or not she's going to get away with it or not. And then just like reference to her, her like kind of like seducing the, uh, the housekeeper, mm-hmm. um, and, like, there's, like, these weird little subtle things. And it's, like, I don't know how obvious they play now. Like, there's this, like, thing about that I didn't know about until uh, I took some art history classes about, like, about, about fur. Like, and, like, mm-hmm. how, like, that's, like, this weird, like, uh, cunnilingus reference. Oh, Jarrett. Come on, man. This is this is the YouTube portion. <laughs> people don't – people aren't here for that kind of talk. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, – And, frankly – I don't like it either. Well, the, how about this next part? So that that bit where uh, they're talking about uh, vi- violent love, uh, I was like thinking about what that sounds like. 
uh is that why you're making that sound right now that grinding sound uh yeah no it's it's kind of a more of the sound of uh apples being thrown repeatedly at a brick wall yeah i agree (laughs) jesus christ um i uh i'm upset by your choice of where to take this conversation. This is uh, on the level of the incubus and some of the dialogue in that. I think you're... Well, you'd have to to listen to the whole episode located on SoundCloud or iTunes to uh, get RJ's hot review of the 1982 classic, The Incubus. That that's how I picture it. This uh, this violent lovemaking that they talk about in oh, Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, and I can just picture John Cassavetti stepping into scene on Rebecca and just spouting out some lines about aggressive amounts of uh, fluids and things like that. <laughs> that's so, right. Anyways, uh, 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 hey, how about that dog Jasper? That, that oh, dog's pretty cute. That's a, is that a cocker spaniel? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where he's like in the side, like in the the side of the frame, and I don't think he's supposed to be there or something. <laughs> it's really funny, uh, and I was like, "Oh, that's super cute. I like this dog. I like this Jasper guy." Yeah, he's a, he's a good boy. He is a good boy. Um, I'm also kind of on board with that uh, that gross uh, big lady from the start uh, because she's doing stuff like she's just laying in bed and they give her like a shot of NyQuil or like or something and she's like, ugh, medicine. And she's like, I need to drown that out with chocolate. So she's just chasing uh, like medicine with like straight candy and I was like, yeah, I can get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah, then you get kind of her, uh, yeah, the, the interactions with her and uh Mrs. DeWinter, uh, the future Mrs. DeWinter, are like really well done because like there's like the whole thing of her like playing up her like uh, kind of femininity when it comes to like talking to uh, Larry Olivier, and she's like, yeah. oh yes, I want very want to be very complimentary and be very helpful to this very important person, but as soon as he's out of the picture, she just fucking dumps hard on her, and uh, yeah. I think that's a uh, that's pretty real. It's a pretty real experience for I think a, a lot of women. Um, oh, that's real. Yeah. I also liked her presumptiveness that uh, he wanted to bang her. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she's like, ooh, she's like, why don't you come up to my room later? I know you're looking for that, like, hard action. She says something gross like that, and you're like, ew. Yeah. Very, so, uh, very saucy film. Yeah, much much like us. Mm-hmm. Saucy, saucy ladies. There's, a re- there's like, a catering business in our town called Saucy Ladies. I don't know what they do, though. Uh, they make sauces and soups. Is it is that meat pies? Is that real? I think so. Yeah, pies and stuff. Yeah, meat pies. Oh, you're being weird again, aren't you? No. Now it's weird. Hey, you know what's a weird line in this movie? What? Someone says wretched nuisances teeth. They're talking oh, about like their yeah. teeth. And it's like wretched nuisances teeth. Yeah, it's the. It's idi- like that's the, such the, a weird. Yeah, thing the to idi- say. the idiot people. Yeah, the idiot people. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they're like they've got Harry Potter at home somewhere. Uh, excuse me. No, I mean, I'm I'm talking about like the actual character, not, not the. Oh, box. you're saying they're Ducky. like Uncle Vernon's? Yeah. With, uh, I was gonna say you're gonna get uh, an absurd yeah. amount of hate mail from you're people so... listening if you badmouth that stuff. You're so thin-skinned, you you big yeah, you, you, you Potterhead. I didn't say from me. I said from fans of the show, the people yeah. listening right now. They're and maybe you'll get hate mail for once instead of me. For once. Yeah, it's not coming anytime soon, buddy. I'm amazing. I'm a great specimen. Oh, God. I hope someone just fucking tears you apart soon. The way that my <laughs> like, like, like in the been, incubus. 
Yeah, like in the Incubus, you get your uterus destroyed. Like a dump truck full of sperm <laughs> driven through your uterus. Jesus I hope is Christ. what happens. Wow, this is taking a dark turn here with Rebecca. Well, that's um, what happened. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, so what I'm saying, though, RJ, uh, I yeah. guess, is that I think if and when you uh, you watch this movie, I think you may have the same experiences that I had, where you'll be like, wow, this movie is way better than I think it was. Because, um, yeah, it's pretty good. And I don't know if it's maybe because we live in this post-Phantom Thread mother world. And actually, uh, another uh, side note. So I was looking up this, like, Phantom Thread stuff in relation to the ship to this movie and also looking up stuff like, is there anything about Mother? The discussion around Mother is non-existent. Nobody talks about that movie anymore. Maybe it's because mm-hmm. the title's kind of, like, obscure and, like, Mother exclamation mark in regards to anything just doesn't mean shit. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. People never really made that linkage between those movies, and they came out the same year, and people only just talked about how people, audiences hated this movie. Um, and even, yeah. like, Phantom Thread, I see people who go on about how that movie's really boring, and it's like, I don't I don't know. They're... Yeah, I had I had dudes, too, that, like, guys that are usually on track with me for like movie preferences and like their taste and stuff. And they're like, Oh, Phantom Thread was so boring. I'm like, what movie did you watch? Bud? <laughs> Chumpastein. Bud? I was like, that movie was wicked good. Yeah. Yeah. This post Phantom Menace world that we live in is just. Phantom just, Menace world. Well. Yeah. Does, does that influence the way that you watch current cinema? Phantom Menace? Uh, yeah. Certainly. I, I guess for some people it probably does because of those red letter media reviews. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, who hates Rebecca? Um probably some chumps. Yeah, some chumps. Uh we got here one and a half star from Small Town Girl. The only thing oh. terrifying about this movie was its characters' IQs. Uh, small small town girl gave this a half star, not one and a half star. Oh, I think I, I meant I did say half star. You said one and a half. Star. Or maybe I meant she gave gave it one half star. <laughs> half star. Yeah. Uh, they also gave Phantom Thread a half star. Oh, this movie was terrible. Completely <laughs> baffled me why anyone would like or be interested in this. Uh, yeah. So they don't like the modern go- ghost story, but. They do have uh, one of your favorite movies, Amadeus, and uh, my favorite movie, Eternal Sunshine, as uh, their favorite films. So, hmm. small town girl, she's all over the map. All over the yeah. map. Uh, Lermontov, Lermontov, one star. That's like two half stars. Yeah. Uh, technically, hugely impressive. <laughs> as far as the rest of the film. It was overlong and hugely overrated. Man, it's like he's this person's reviewing a penis or something. Uh, The the narrative was far too replete with wordy twists, which sucked the energy out of the film, especially in the second half. Moreover, the sympathetic male lead was a complete arsehole who appeared to want a quasi-servant as a wife. Make yourself useful and pour me a coffee, he said to his fiancée, seconds after having his proposal accepted. And uh, with his hand a fraction of a millimeter from the coffee, last night I returned to Blanderly, and I won't be rushing back. Uh, you know what I'm not rushing back to? Any of this pretentious dude's favorite movies. Uh, a lot of Criterions, stuff like The Red Shoes, which is a very good movie. But this guy or this 
lady, this Lermontuve. Uh, I think they are um, playing the the game where they like hyper rate stuff uh, to like attract attention. Yep. Uh, they gave Mother a half star. Uh, they gave Killing of a Sacred Deer a half star. Wow. They gave Rocky four a half star. Uh, Come on. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not a half star movie. Yeah. Mr. Mom isn't half star. Good Lord. It's all half star. It's either all they have is half star reviews or five star reviews of Criterion's. So. Fun. Mm. Tara, two stars. When this movie was over, I turned to my dad and said, well, at least it wasn't as bad as the birds. And I think that's probably the best thing I can say about it. Uh, the best thing I can say about Tara is that uh, she likes Mad Max Fury Road, mm-hmm. Paddington, Little Miss Sunshine, and uh, Mamma Mia. All pretty uh, quality movies. Uh, they gave Phantom Fred- Thread five stars. Well, Weird. Huh. Weird. Wild. Weird, wacky, and wild. You got any more brain busts? One, one more, one more. Nora, two stars. Mm. I get it, Hitchcock. Lesbians are evil gaslighters, and bi women are manipulative sex fiends, and the beautiful hets get to live happily ever after. The movie looked okay, I guess. Um, One of their favorite movies is that movie Bound. I think that's a lesbian uh, yeah, movie. Yeah, it's got some lesbianism. Well, lesbian action. Uh, also, Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, one of my favorite movies, Men in Black. Whoa. Ooh, wild. What did this person get five stars to? Uh, Matrix, Men in Black, Do the Right Thing, Moonlight, Autumn Sonata. Huh. A lot of Wachowski movies. Speed Racer, five stars. Oh, yes. They identify with those uh, trans heroes. Yeah. I never seen Speed Racer. Was it any good? I tried watching it. I just I couldn't get into it. Yeah, that's what she said. Ah, well, there you go. You can't please everybody. Um, okay. Any last thoughts here about Rebecca? Uh, no, I think Rebecca's pretty good. So like I said, I thought it was pretty real good. Um, I have some small problems with it, but uh, kind of maybe like what you said, maybe uh, upon rewatch years later, uh, those problems won't exist anymore. Yeah, I'd say that like the uh, that first half, or a little bit more than that, is, like, really, really good. Uh, everything, once they get to Mandrelay and wandering around that mansion, where you have, like, her yeah. just being, like, followed around by these, like, decrepit old people who just, like, no matter where she goes, she's just being followed and followed and followed, and they're like, being very helpful, but it's just, like, awkward, and uh, all that stuff, I think, is, like, really well done. Um, it's a great space. Uh, yeah, I don't know pretty i think it's i think it's a really interesting movie Uh, i'm excited to get to more of these notorious i've seen a few times but yeah spellbound i've never seen so we got those to look forward to i've never seen a lot of movies yeah (laughs) well we're we're, we're, we're changing that one week at a time we're trying man we're trying uh after the break rj burns the podcast down and dies as a result and we all live happily ever after we would be happier if we didn't have to do this fucking thing. Brushing your hair with the wind. Riding your bike up on the home drive. Oh, I got a five minute run. You and your plane in blue jeans. 
RJ, have you ever had a Rebecca in your life, as in the type of woman that's gone on to try to destroy you week by week? Uh, my current uh, partner uh, is frequently trying to end my life, but uh, that's because I also am trying to end hers. It's a fun little game of cat and mouse we have, you know, trying to kill each other. Well, sounds very healthy. Uh, For now. It's not. Yeah. You can email us at criteriancreeps at gmail.com and tell us about mm. your uh, experiences with spousal abuse. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on Instagram. Yeah, I said that part. Patreon. Ew. We're on YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all that jazz. And hey, if you're a new listener, if you want to wander on over to that iTunes and give us a nice glowing review, uh, it helps out apparently. We haven't had any of those in a long time. A very long time. Um, Very long time. That's okay. But hey, if you're whatever, doing your life, do that thing too. Just shoot us an email. Give Give us an update. Say, hey, next week. Spine 136 Spellbound Alfred Hitchcock 1945 Be there Be there Is that good? We're gonna find out I heard there's some Dolly shit in there Like Salvador? The one and only What about Salvador? Did some sets or something That's like the only thing I know about this movie Ah Is this This has Dune level production Or what Yeah Jodorowsky all over that And uh Ooh. Nicholas Weinenreffen Telling us how He's seen the the, the the drawings And it's the best movie he's That's ever been made but, but we'll never see it though Yeah that's right Yeah it's good that He, he mentions that to people Because uh It's not like he does it Intentionally Because he knows No one else No one else will ever see it Yeah And then no one would Pay attention to him yeah, he's just a high quality guy. He's a good dude. Yeah, good good person. Yeah, big. Just good, good good dude. Well, um, goodbye, and uh, don't get raped by an invisible demon that rapes. Well, I would say not to, but I mean, my co-host here would probably suggest otherwise def- based on would, his interests. I would definitely say you should watch a movie about it. Bad movie? Good movie. You decide. Good night. Um, farts. <laughs>